Peace and blessings to the people. How are you doing? My name is Omar J. De Jesus, and I'm the host of Second Chance Voices of the Unheard. My podcast talks about the second chance people received after doing time in an institution, innocent or guilty, while changing a poisonous narrative of prisoners' perception. For the most part, people returning to society are outcasted. So my job is to give people the opportunity and platform to tell their stories. Everybody deserves a second chance. I'm a firm believer in that. And ain't nobody going to stop me from saying that. And I understand some people say you ain't never get, you have never been given a legitimate first chance. And I get all that. But for me, I had a few legitimate first chances. And I still didn't make it. This time, this second chance, I'm making it count. Because not too many people can go to prison, come out with a degree, come out with a podcast, come out with a, a fitness thing that he's trying to do, come out doing some of the things that I did. And I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but it just shows that if you put your trust in you and God first, anything is possible. And this ain't religion. I ain't trying to preach religion, but I just want to show you my belief, how I believe, you know what I'm saying? I already won and I believe I'm winning and I'm going to win and I already won. That's just my mentality. That's all. Um, so today I want to, you know, today is, you know, well, this month is Pride Month and I want to give a big shout out to everybody in that community. You know, I have nothing to be worried about that's that community is good people i have family members who belong to that community and that's peace you know that's their preference and their life of living and god bless them um, i worked around people from that community and never had an issue um so i want to you know shout those people out because they've been through a lot of stuff too they've been oppressed like a lot of us have and people don't understand their struggle. And their struggle is relevant also. It may have not been as long as the African-American plight from slavery and everything else. But the basis of oppression, don't matter who you are, if you're poor, you're definitely getting oppressed. If you're queer, you're definitely getting oppressed. If you're black or Puerto Rican or Latino, you're getting oppressed. If you're not of white descendant, Caucasian, you're definitely getting oppressed. You know, so. So what I want to talk about today. Is the history of pride. Like I said, shout out to the people in this community, man. These people come a long way and understanding their plate. They got rights too, and they are in high positions throughout this country. I respect them. Like I said, I don't have one thing against them. God bless them. Okay, Pride is a month-long celebration of LGBTQ plus lives, history and culture. This guide reflects on the origins of the movement and considers how the history of pride can help shape how we celebrate in the present. 
So they pose a question. What is pride? Pride is an annual global event, which is celebrated every June from parades and concerts to workshops and ex exhibitions. The events of Pride Month enables LGBTQ plus people and allies to celebrate their genders and sexualities, discuss LGBTQ plus history and advocate for further change. Pride celebration have grown and diversified since the first parades in the early 1970s. In 2000s, for example, World Pride was founded. This is an event which takes place in a different global city every year. In 2019, the World Pride in New York City was estimated to have been attended by over 4 million people. This is a huge expansion from the first Pride Parade held in New York, where police reports suggest that there were around 2,000 attendees. When, where, and why did Pride start? Okay, now we get into some serious stuff here. Pride Month commemorates the June 1969 Stonewall Riots. Yes, infamous Stonewall Riots. The Stonewall Riots began on the 28th of June, 1969. And it's coming up. When the LGBTQ customers of New York City's Stonewall Inn resisted police raids on their bar. In the raid that led to the Stonewall Riots, police officers entered the Stonewall Inn and demanded to check the sex of some of the bar's customers by physical examination, a violation of the constitutional rights. No, you don't do stuff like that. Reports on what exactly took place on that day are unclear, I'm quite sure. When it comes to the law, they are the law and they break the law and they don't care when it comes to theirs. They're going to make sure everything is messed up. But that's just my opinion. Despite this, broader research by historians such as Martin Duberman has shown that the LGBTQ community in New York City had endured decades of riots and brutality at the hands of the New York City Police's Public Moral Squad. I didn't even know they had a Public Moral Squad. See, this is stuff that people don't know about. They had a Public Moral Squad, a, 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 a group of officers that's out publicly checking people it's just it's just crazy that's just a, it's just nonsense this research shows us that although the uprising of the stonewall end was spontaneous it was related to a long history of mistreatment of lgbtq people in new york and around the world the stonewall rights gave a new impetus to the gay liberation movement around the globe a key part of this movement was to encourage conversations about the lives and perceptions of LGBTQ people and to fight for radical change in the way that LGBTQ plus people were treated by society. In the UK, for example, the Pride Month movement, I mean, saw the growth and establishment of grassroots organizations that worked to stop the oppression of LGBTQ people. A key example of this is the campaign of homosexual equality. The first Pride event was organized by Brenda Howard, a bisexual activist in New York City on the, the 28th of June 1970. The first march was called the Christopher Street Liberation Day March, which is the name of this road the Stonewall Inn is on. 
and the event had both an element of celebration and protest. Howard organized another event the next year in 1971. And soon pride parades were established all over the world. What has the pride movement achieved? Since the Stonewall riots, LBGTQ plus people have fought globally for their rights and liberties. Alex Holland's summary charts tracked the surge in countries which legalized homosexuality following the first pride. Moreover, LGBTQ plus people now have personal and political rights, for example, equal partnership. In countries around the world, such as Colombia, New Zealand, Iceland, Ireland, and the UK, the Pride Movement continues to fight for LGBTQ plus rights in the 21st century. For example, Serbian LGBTQ activists successfully held a 2014 Pride March in Belgrade, which came after a long campaign for state support and protection. Similarly, the work of LGBTQ plus campaigners meant that in 2014, Denmark became the first European country to allow transgender people to hold official documents like passports, which reflects their gender identity. That's crazy. They, they wouldn't let people get passports that reflect their gender. This, this is sad. But this is Europe, you know, and, and I understand the nonsense that go on. I don't understand it, understand it, but, you know, it's just chaos over there. What is why is the history of pride movement important today? In order to celebrate pride fully, it is important to learn about and remember those who fought for the rights to celebrate. Always that. Remembering that pride started as a protest reminds us of how pride today can continue the fight for the rights of LGBTQ people across the globe. The LGBTQ Plus, activist Charity Stonewall states that while there's a lot for us to celebrate, there's also a lot more work to be done. Being LGBTQ plus is still illegal in 74 countries and is punishable by death in 12 of them. Moreover, former U.S. President Donald Trump took steps to roll back the protection of health care rights for transgender people. Well, can you expect that? He's he's serious. He's he's a silly guy. You know, that's Donald Trump for you. Learning about how LGBTQ rights were won illuminates the importance of continuing to campaign for the rights of all LGBTQ people. Similarly, reflecting upon how the Pride Month movement was started ensures that Pride Month today still honors and belongs to the LGBTQ community rather than the big businesses that might pay for some events. The involvement of businesses in pride events is sometimes called commercialization. If you are interested in reading more, the article in the source section called How LGBTQ Pride Month Became a Branded Holiday by Alex Abad Santos talks about commercialization and how it might hurt modern pride movements. Learning about who started the pride movements remind us that Pride Month celebrations must be inclusive. Many historians have emphasized how lesbian and transgender people of color were a driving force in the pride movement. Sometimes big pride celebrations can lose sight of this history. 
This knowledge of who inspired and fought in the Pride movement is important as to ensure that Pride celebrations today honor the people that fought for change and include and celebrate everyone in the LGBTQ plus community. Reflecting on how the people that started Stonewall riots were treated reveals the importance of Pride as celebration. Humble yourselves. The history of the Pride movement teaches us about how, in the past, and sometimes today, LGBTQ plus people are not able to express themselves safely. Thus, the joy found at Pride events across the globe can give power and strength to the aims of the Pride movement. Pride celebrations are a key part of bringing about positive change for the LGBTQ plus community. As the American poet Toy Dericotti wrote in her poem, The Telecycle, the legacy and power of pride exemplifies how the LGBTQ plus joy is in itself an act of resistance. That's a fact. Showing them that you ain't broke and and, and it ain't going to break you and it's going to just make you stronger going through everything. Yes, it's an act of resistance because it shows that your your, your moral character, your, your soul, your spirit ain't broken and you're just strong. You're a warrior. Learning about the origins and history of Pride and the Pride movement not only educates us about how why Pride Month exists, but shows us how this history is relevant to how people might celebrate Pride in the present and future. Stonewall says that Pride is a reminder of the power of standing together in defiance of those who seek to divide us. Wow, that's deep. Let me read that again. Stonewall says that pride is a reminder of the power of standing together in defiance of those who seek to divide us. Pride is a special celebration thanks to the work of the LGBTQ activists and individuals from all around the world. Wow, that was amazing. That was formative. A lot of stuff I learned and I didn't even know about. I heard about the Stonewall riots, but I didn't really know much about it. But I know they was getting oppressed. And that's the thing. They was getting oppressed. And like anywhere, and who you, it don't matter who you are, if you're being oppressed and uh, collectively a group of people is being, being oppressed, you get tired of it. So what happens is you formulate a group that's going to fight for what it is. And unfortunately, you'll be the, the mortars, but you'll be the one setting the precedent for this for these rights to be taken place because unfortunately there's not too many people that's going to be willing to step up so you've been a mortar in in, in the name of gay pride rights sometimes you just got to go ahead with the flow with it you know and just put your foot forward and just fight for what you believe in and once they realize what they're doing they're going to see that the mistreatment already took place and unjust and unconstitutional and they're going to have to change up or people are going to continue to fight for what they believe in until they feel whatever they need is, 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 is solidified and you know given to them because that's their rights so right now I got a little uh, thing on YouTube that I'm about to play for five minutes it's pretty dope I think you guys will enjoy it it's the living history of the LGBT movement since the 1800s and this is nothing new you know what i'm saying this is what i want you to understand because the greeks the romans they've been doing this for a while 
You know what I'm saying? The older guys, that's warriors and all these guys, they'll take the younger guys on the board with them and they'll be molding them and scolding them at the same time. That's been going on forever in Europe. So it's nothing new. You know what I'm saying? Back then, it didn't been looked at nothing bad. And, you know, when you come to a country that's westernized, you know, then they try to make it look like it's something bad or terrible. But this has been going on forever. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, and this is people's choices and preferences of what they want to do with their life. And I respect all of them. So I hope you enjoy this. What would you do if no one cared for you? Imagine, if you're honest about who you are, you could be killed. That's always been the reality for many LGBT folks since the birth of America. Many people lived in secret, fearful that someone would discover their truth. That was a motivation for Walt Whitman to write poetry that would beckon gay people to safe places where they could build community. Yet most LGBT people were still forced to live in isolation. Then Carl Maria Kirkbody gave us the term homosexual and the power to identify. And writers like Alice Dunbar Nelson showed up. As a biracial, bisexual woman, her courage in the face of prejudice allowed more stories of LGBT people to be told. Like that of the two-spirit Sunni Native American Waywa, who impressed President Grover Cleveland, but after her truth was fully known, she was villainized. Over time, LGBT people congregated in safe spaces, and we began to see more representation in art, books, and theater. America soon called women to fight, and a contingent of lesbians formed in the Women's Army Corps, which became a place where lesbian women could be themselves. After the war, Many women refused to go back to traditional gender norms. All of this paved the way for the homophile era. For the first time, we saw people publicly demanding livable communities and LGBT equality. Later, scientific studies proved that homosexuality was not a psychiatric disorder that needed to be cured and put an end to the practice of placing LGBT people in mental asylums. While there was a growing restlessness among gender nonconformists, one by one, LGBT folks rose up to defend themselves, rioting in places like donut shops, cafeterias, and bars. Their courage sprung from Magnus Hirschfeld's safe haven for LGBT folks, which inspired Henry Gerber to form the Society for Human Rights. This motivated countless LGBT people to create change and establish more LGBT organizations across America. By the time of Stonewall, it became impossible to ignore the gay liberation Human rights leaders like Harvey Milk unapologetically called for each of us to live fearlessly in the open. His murder and legacy inspired a new generation of civic activists fighting for the civil liberties of the LGBT people. In solidarity, LGBT people of all ages, races, and genders, and their allies demanded equality for their community at the first National Gay Rights March. Then, AIDS commonly called gay cancer. LGBT people with AIDS were denied health care. Many politicians were apathetic. Those afflicted had to harness the will to survive against all odds, while many in America refused to acknowledge this epidemic. People got angry, sparking a movement that encouraged the community to act up. 
When news revealed that AIDS affected even those who were not homosexuals, policies finally began to shift. By then, an entire generation had already disappeared, erasing many voices that carried our history. Homophobia and transphobia led to the violent loss of more lives, as gay activists lobbied for protections already offered to other people. Then legislation criminalized discrimination against LGBT folks. The military embraced gay Americans and did away with don't ask, don't tell. Gay couples gained the right to legally marry anywhere in the United States. And now LGBT elders like Marsha Wetzel are fighting and winning legal battles for housing rights underlining that everyone deserves freedom from harassment and discrimination, especially as we age. Today, National Historic Landmarks recognize significant LGBT events as part of America's history. When faced with death and injustice, LGBT people were forced to hide in the closet until the time was right to emerge as visible and vocal activists for equality. Even today, in the face of rising hate crimes, underrepresentation, and denial, LGBT people still struggle for acceptance and equality. Three out of four LGBT older adults still worry about having enough support and family and friends as they age. This fight continues, and it's a fight where we all have a stake in. In the guiding words of AARP founder Dr. Ethel Percy Andrews, what we do, we do for all. Our movement that started as a fight for survival has become a story of resilience. This is progress paved by heroes in the past, present, and into the future. Now more than ever, it's time for all of us to stand up, speak out, and claim care for ourselves, for our LGBT community, and for our future. A Living History of the LGBT Movement, powered by AARP. So as you can see, there was a lot of injustice that occurred to them. The LGBTQ plus com community didn't just come out of nowhere because this is something they wanted to do. This is something they had to do because they was being discriminated on with all sort of stigmas biases, prejudice, and a lot of slurs was thrown at them. And it's not fair that people can treat them and belittle them in a negative manner because they decide to be who they choose to be. That's their right. And there's no one's right all rights to sit there and criticize someone else's for their decisions they making in their life. And that's the problem with society today. You're worrying about everybody else but what you should be doing. But God bless you because at the end of the day, this is something you got to deal with. It's no one else's problem. And I'll leave it at that. So, I'm hoping that you guys enjoyed today's show. I would like to thanks. I would like to say thanks to everyone who is listening to my podcast. Thanks to every organization that has helped 
helped me change my perspective in life. A quick shout out to Osborne AVP, Pace, Defy, Network, NYU's Prison Education Program, Thrive for Life Prison Project. Some of the two organizations that I'm affiliated with and proud that I am affiliated with because they have done so much for me and I have done so much for them. And remember, no one wants to do time, but we all need time. Think, think about that and let it resonate. And, think, and just try to talk to yourself about what you think it means. And it does have no significant meaning, but it, whatever it means to you, that's what it means. No one wants to do time, but we all need time. Good night, peace, and blessings, and I'm out of here.